Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Rayma's Weekly Podcast. I'm here with Tony McKinnon. We call him T-Mac on a beautiful February day, um, February the 15th, recording this program. And it's going to be 68 degrees today. So Spring, if you didn't know any better. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, you know. I guess the groundhog, at least the one that didn't die, because you know. But yeah, that was news to me the yeah, other yeah. day. Like you, well, I didn't well, so know. L- let me let me rephrase that. Because the other day I mentioned in in um, a church that the groundhog might have seen its shadow and went back in, but we're we're gonna we're gonna have an early early winter because I'm gonna confess early that. spring early spring. Sorry, not early winter, early spring. <laughs> and, and so um, ever since then it's been warmer and warmer. Um, now we are gonna have a little dip on Thursday for whatever reason, but it's gonna get back in the 60s, and so. So I looked it up because someone yelled, well, their groundhog died. And I'm like, really? Poxicant? Poxitone Field. Yeah, whatever his name is. <laughs> so I real, and actually, what I read, the average um, span of a, of a groundhog's life is only three years. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, so they've had lots of Phil's, you know, grandparents and things like that. And so there's actually three famous, well, um, groundhogs. One, actually, Phil, we obviously, I think it's Pennsylvania. And, and then there's one in Staten Island, um, um, New York. And actually, the one in Staten Island actually has, is a better war, weather forecaster than Phil there. And thing he, they, they've had. And then there's another famous groundhog somewhere else, and he di- that's the one that died. Oh, okay. All right. So it was, it, it was a lesser-known groundhog that didn't come out of the thing. And he just, because so he, so he, the, the day came, and he didn't come out of the hole. Yeah. And so somebody called 911. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, and, but anyway, I'm just here to tell you here in Tulsa, we are, we are having some nice weather. And this is the kind of winter time that, that I believe that every person should have. I, I believe somewhere around 70 degrees, maybe 65 is perfect winter. You know, and that's, that's what, what I put my trust in. And when it's really cold. See, my grandfather, you have to realize that I grew up, um, you know, well, I was my grandfather's crusade director for 20-something years. And um. The rule was with my grandfather is that, you know, birds aren't stupid. They go south in the winter. You go south in the winter. So we would always go south in the winter. So a lot of times in January, even in February, we'd be in Florida. In fact, I was so smart, you know, because, you know, I took my grandfather's advice and then kept going because I don't, there was a number of times that he would book a meeting in Florida and I would just stay in Florida, <laughs> book more meetings or whatever. I remember one time that, I went in January and stayed in Florida, watched the Daytona 500, and then came home. Um, <laughs> because, you know, you, you might as well, if I'm you know, here in Florida in February, you might as well catch the Daytona That's 500. That's this Sunday, isn't it? Coming up this Sunday, yeah. you know, obviously, by the time we air the podcast, it's, oh, yeah, it, it's yeah, already going to be over. Yep. So, so, you know, maybe you're going to predict who's going to win. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't, know. I, I don't know. I won't um, go there. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> I predicted the football game, Super Bowl. You did? should have put some money on it. Yeah. Well, but you realize that Cincinnati actually covered the spread. Now, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that you should actually, you know, watch. <laughs> <laughs> you should bet. And, you know, so those people that want to make fun of Tony, you know, whatever. Yeah. He, he meant like bet a dollar, you know, yeah. that, you know, whatever. But, but now, did you know also the Cooper Cup? Actually, um, he had a vision. A vision. Um, that boy was a real deal. Yeah, he had. He had. He, he's a great Christian man, and he had. He had a vision of. Um, after they lost the last Super Bowl, of him coming back and actually being the MVP, mm-hmm. and he was. Yep. So, I guess it's calling things as though they're not as though they are. Yep. You know, and you know, I'm 
I'm not calling him. He said the only person he told was his wife. Yes, I couldn't tell everybody, anybody else. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the program, guys. Um, you know, it's, it's good to have you. If you want to send us an email, you can email us, podcast at rhema.org. Also, you can like us on Facebook and Instagram. Once again, we have Josh Pennington here with us. You're from Newark, Ohio, right? More Life Church. Yep, that's right. Um, dot com? Yes. All right. MoreLifeChurch.com. Not less life church dot org dot org is what Tony was, you know, that that's actually Tony McKinnon Ministries. If you go to less life church, that's a joke, guys. I'm I'm yeah. just joking. Yeah. Anyway, we have Josh back on the program, and you know, Josh, um, we were talking um, between podcasts um, about some things that are on your heart. So, so go ahead and tell us about what's been on your heart here recently. Yeah. Um I think there's a, a really interesting word that we, I think is predominantly used in church world. And I, I don't know what maybe church uh, background the listener may come from or may not come from, but there's a word that I think we probably, that was on my mind to really reclaim if I can. And it's the word calling. And I think it's a big word. I think it's an important word. Um, and I think it needs some language given to it so that people know how to step into their calling. When I was in at Rama in the 90s, late 90s, it never really been around Rama word of faith, but in that season uh brother Hagen was maybe he did it always, but it was we would be encouraged to pray the Ephesians prayers. Mm-hmm. And he talked about I think Craig or Tony can correct me if I'm wrong, but like that was the most prayed prayer yeah. of his life at one time. Well, if you read the Believer's Authority, obviously he talks about the Ephesians prayers, and you know, and and the, the Lord had let him do yeah. that every day to pray. Yeah, to took pray an the, extended period of time, went yeah. and shut himself away, and prayed them every day. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of adopted that. I heard it, I read it, of course, in uh, the book, and and I just want to read it if I can, a yeah. portion of it. In, in Ephesians one seventeen, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And so this prayer involves us understanding what it means to be called and um, have great admiration and and a lot of time listening to Brother Hagin's stories of visitations. Um, But I guess the thing that I want to say about it is not to take away from foundation, but to build on. To the individuals who aren't in that space where they have a spectacular visitation, a burning bush or Damascus Road experience, which I never have had, but this verse is still talking to me, that God still wants to show me what he's called me to, even if I don't have some spectacular event. And I guess I want to encourage the listener that a calling isn't only an event. It's a process. Yeah. It's a gradual awakening. This language talks about that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, ongoing. And um, I think that's just such a powerful thing that we don't devalue our calling if we haven't had something spectacular. That every listener has been given a calling and God wants you to gradually awaken to that calling. Yeah, if I could interject something right there. Uh, Just this term, talking to my students and pastoral care. And um, on the first day, an introduction, uh, reading from Eugene Peterson and his memoir, The Pastor. And uh, I'll misquote this, but you'll, I'll get the sense of it correct. <laughs> uh, 
because uh, I didn't know we were going here today. But uh, he, in that, he, he, he says something to this effect. Um, Every step and arrival all along the way, becoming the pastor, I never knew I was becoming. Mm. Yeah, every step and arrival, becoming someone I never knew I was becoming. The, and he said, all, and then all of a sudden there it was, pastor. I think sometimes we miss the power of process yeah. in our life. And I've watched really good people abandon authentic callings. Because they didn't have a burning bush or Damascus yeah. Road experience. And they devalue that. And I, I want people to like reclaim that. I yeah. want the encourager or the listener to be encouraged and strength to be passed on that this prayer that Paul pens is for us. Mm. That the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know what is the hope of his calling. We can know what we're called to, but we don't have to know it all in one moment in time. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah, amen. And something I, I do want to add when you talk about you know, call to now, obviously, we're all as Christians, you know, called to minister to to the world. But now, when it comes to vocation, I, I you know, God calls people to different vocations, absolutely, different areas. In fact, my grand, my, my my dad actually has a book entitled "Called of God," and you know, we, we talks about the calling. But one thing too, I, I believe that God calls some some men and women. To, to be business people, to yes. support the kingdom. I mean, we can't all be ministers. If we're all ministers, no one's going to be in the church. You know, I believe that, you know, some of you, you know, God gives you gifts and talents yeah. and abilities to, to do different things. Now, ultimately, it's, you know, all to, to you know, further the gospel. And so just because I'm called to be a mechanic doesn't mean, I, I you know, I can't come and be an usher in my church or, 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 or but, you know, we're all called. Now, one, one thing that I've been pointing out here recently, you um, I believe that God does call Christian men and women to the political process and, and to be politicians because I think one of the well let's let me back up whenever I was my my, my kids they went to public schools I mean the, starting out and um I remember um, one of the kindergarten teachers and she I think that we were on Blake's my second kid and so she, he she actually says I just want to thank you guys for sending your your kids to our school said so, you know one of the bad things about um, you know, because I understand why some people send their kids to Christian schools, but if if we take all the Christians out of our schools, then we don't have an influence and we don't have a light. You know, because we are teachers, we're not really allowed to yep. show forth the gospel. But but you know, we thank God for good Christian kids th that are out there. You know, you know, being light. Now, obviously, in kindergarten, you know, I don't know how much light you're really being, but but the, the fact of the matter is, is that what we've done in politics, in my own opinion is, you know, because of the corruption or whatever, we've taken God out of politics, and then now we're all, all upset, you know, that, that you know, there's ungodly people that are, that are directing our, our nation and our cities and our, and our states and things like that. So I do believe that God does put, you know, a calling yes. to, to be in the political process because it's very important. In fact, I'm obviously going back in history, you know, the government you know, has started, I mean, they use the church as a foundation of, of how the government works. And, you know, ultimately the, you know, going back to the Bible times, I mean, the government and the church were, were all, all one. I go back, even back to, you know, your ancestry in, in Europe, the, the Roman Catholic church was, was very powerful in the whole government process and things like that. And, but it seems now that, you know, because of the so-called separation between church and state, which is actually no, nowhere in our constitution or Declaration of Independence, that was actually a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to, to a, a gentleman. 
And um, he was concerned about the church messing with, I mean, he was concerned about the, the state messing with the church and not the other way around because Thomas Jefferson also had, um, he, he, he actually had a church service in the Capitol building um, mm. whenever he was president. Not only that, is he actually used a military band to do praise and worship. So mm. he wasn't that, that, he wasn't that, you know, he was okay with us worshiping God. He wasn't okay with the, with the, the country or the state telling the church what they needed to do. Of course, in 2020, 2021, 2022, we just do whatever state says. Some people do. <laughs> I have no clue. But anyway, we're, we're all called to God to do yeah, different things. That's true. Um, you know, that's why I love what that's, I love what you're saying because I think to reclaim the word means to not just isolate it to quote unquote ministry or, religious or church context. leadership. Yeah, and, and that happens a lot here yeah, at that, here at Ram, especially. Mm-hmm. You know, because because we are a minister. You know, training yeah. center and, and and college, and we do train a lot of ministers. But sure. there are a lot of our Ramer graduates that that are are business people. In fact, um, the city of Broken Arrow. One time, we had a little task force putting together, and so what they actually told me said, you know what? One of the things that we would like you to do is train other businessmen. Like there was a couple, but they, they you know, they have been a, a really a really you know asset to, asset to the community, and I said, "Well, that's great, but one of the, our main purpose is to train people to go out of here, mm-hmm. to you know, to go out." I said, "But, but we we do enjoy training people who stay in this community and and be a light, and that's something that else is we should be a light to our community, yes. no, ma- no matter what area of of business or whatever you're in, you you can still get involved in your community and be a light to your community, and I believe every church." should be a part of the community because you know, a lot of churches like to do their own thing. You know, we here at Rayma, we try to be a part of the community and, you know, I'm, I'm pleased that I, I usually talk to the mayor of Broken Arrow every week or so. Um, you know, we, we text each other and stuff because we want to be a part of the community um, because we are. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you mentioned salt and light, which yeah. is what Jesus instruction yeah. is for us, what does salt do? What does light do? Well, it does a lot, but salt makes things better. And light makes things brighter. Uh, maybe I should quote the scripture for some people that don't don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I should. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if I can. <laughs> well, Tony t- 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 will pull yeah. it up. Yeah. There. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I just remember him calling us to be they, salt and light, light. A, a city on a hill, yeah. a, a, a lamp that can't be put out. You know that that's the assignment of the believers to be salt and light. And I think that no matter what your calling is, that job description goes along with that calling no matter what industry or field or sector, that everywhere you go, you're called to be salt and light, to make things better and to make things brighter. And that's the power of the gospel. The, you, well, jumped on me. Yeah. You, uh, Matthew uh, 5.13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's part of the of the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you, you know, just kind of, it says, you know, salt and light. And um, that's where we get the song in Children's Church, This Little Light of Mine, yeah. I'm Going to Let It Shine. Yep. And, 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 you know, under a bushel. No. Yeah. That's what Doug Jones is doing, by the way. Hiding yeah. his light under a bushel. 
Yes. So, yeah, gjones at rayma.org. And if you're able to send him an email, tell him he needs to get on the podcast. But, um, you know, and the thing about it is I don't know. I mean, I've thought about that one time, you know, or multiple times, actually. You, know, you go back to the little song, well, am I really letting my light shine? You know, because there are some times that maybe we don't even want people to know we're a Christian because that way we can't get mad or get angry mm. or, or what, whatever, you know. it's um, But, I mean, you know, we, we, sh- we should be a light, you know, to the world. And, you know, not ashamed of the gospel per se, um, you know, but, you know, I, I believe in them um, and, you know, just being being somebody to everybody. Now, I, I do know one time because I used to travel quite a bit. So I would get my hair cut all the time, different places. You know, I was in Denver, Colorado one Friday um, and I just walked into Floyd's 99 Barbershop or, or hair, whatever, some some. Some girl that had multiple color hair, um, you know, and the first thing that she asked me when I sat down, this was about around noon, she goes, on Friday, she goes, have you started drinking yet? <laughs> that, wow. that, that was her first thing. So I just answered no. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know how to answer. You know, and I don't always start off with, I'm a minister. Um, <laughs> you know, so the interesting part about it is because I have a kind of a sense of humor, we just started talking about um, – you know, different things. And I could tell that I, you know, pretty much we had a good rapport going on. Finally, she asked a question. Well, I think she asked me what I was doing in Denver. Actually, I was, my mother-in-law was living there at the time. So that's why I was in Denver. I wasn't ministering. I was just there. And then, so she said, well, what do you do? Was well, you know, I'm kind of funny or whatever. So I said, I'm a minister. She started laughing. She thought I was joking. <laughs> she thought, um, she thought I was, you know, you know, just kind of being myself and joking. I said, no, really. I mean, I said, you know, I could tell you I'm an accountant. I have an accounting degree, but I'm not an accountant. I'm a, I'm a minister. And then we, and, and so my next question was, where do you go to church? You know, and her, her response was, well, I grew up in church, but my church was very legalistic and mm. blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so I, I haven't been in a long time. I, I said, well, you know, you can be a Christian and not go to church, but the Bible says not to forsake yourself, you know, assemble yourself together and blah, you know, going on. And on, and um, interesting part about it, she says, well, I would come to a church where a pastor like you is, mm-hmm. you know, and so it was, I actually changed her view of what a minister was because she thought her, a minister was very condescending, you know, beat you over the coals and type thing. And so it was for her very refreshing, but you know, you know, I didn't start out with saying, Hey, I'm a minister, blah, blah, blah. And so I was letting my light shine, but, but I was, you know, you know, getting to know somebody before you, you know, shared the gospel. And so sometimes we need to do those kind of things mm-hmm. as well. Part, part of salt and light and kind of a, a philosophy, I suppose, I've lived by is I have to earn the right to preach the gospel to someone. I can't assume that right. Yeah. Meaning through relationship, through connection. And you'll never influence someone. You'll never be salt and light a part of some form of a relationship, whether it's a quick interaction in the barbershop or a longer interaction. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I don't know if this is good or bad, but it's the truth. I get along with people who aren't believers, who don't go to church as much as I do anybody. Like I'm more at home that way. They're like, there's no mask, there's no facade, there's no games. You know, there's, how are you doing? Well, I'm blessed and highly favored. And if you say that, I'm not against it. But, like, if that's not how you feel, it's just like the mask thing. And just, I love those interactions. And 
that when you, everyone has some type of, I think, yearning or drawing or connection to the idea of calling. Whether they use that language or not, Mm -hmm. purpose, destiny, whatever it is, there's something about all of us. It it said said of of the prophet Jeremiah that God says of him, before um, I knew you or before you were known, I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. What, what does that mean? Well, in this context, I think it means you were born with your calling already built on the inside. Yeah. It was put there. And just because you aren't aware of it doesn't mean it's not there. Mm-hmm. And it can be dormant, but it doesn't mean it's absent. So that gradual awakening as we walk through life and learn and grow and develop that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened just rings so true yes, as language for me. Yeah, and, and I think something people need to understand you know, th- that um, just because you know you're called to be a minister or whatever you're called to be doesn't mean that you know you know everything that's going to happen in your life. Yep. You know. You know. Um, Tony and I have talked about it all the time. I still don't know. Yeah. What, I have what, time. What, I don't know what I'm half doing. Half the time. Now, well, so even going back to Rainbow Bible Training College, rbtc.org. When uh, when my grandfather actually was actually he spoken out um, during a time he, he basically prophesied about he goes I'm, we're going to start a Bible school and they had to play the tape in fact that we use tapes to because he goes I didn't say that he goes yeah you did and so um, you know their vision was if we can just train fifty students a year yep. we we can do something about you know getting the message of faith to a lost and dying and hurting world I mean so. So his thought pattern was very small, 50 students, you know, you know, fast forward to, yeah, I mean, wow. you know, not I'm 47, 48 years later or whatever we're, we're at now, we're, we're not at 50 yet, I know, because, um, um, and, and so we have trained 102,000 students, wow. um, have graduated from Raymond Bible Training College and um, 52 nations now, 287, I think is our number here. Bible schools around the nation. Well, he was just thinking if we could just train 50 students in one, one school, we would do a whole lot, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think sometimes the Lord doesn't tell us everything because it would scare us. Absolutely. Or, or we are like, man, I'm not going to do that. I mean, you know, there's, there's, you know, no way. I mean, no, I mean, you know, so I, you know, he leads us one step at a time and sometimes he only t- tells us what we can handle because yeah. we can't handle you know, maybe we can't handle the truth. I guess going back to the movie. <laughs> well, I mean, I think can't I think handle the truth. I think I think also just just an, a perspective is. I think he tells us what that version of us can process and take a step into. Yeah, but that that gradual awakening because I've heard your, I heard your grandfather say this and he's written it um, that uh, most people don't finish in the calling that they start in. He yeah. talked about that in the years that I was at Rama that he was in the fourth and final phase of his with ministry or yeah. calling. That's a gradual awakening for him. But he also says that some some ministers um, yep. live and die and never even enter the first, first phase. phase of their ministry. Yeah, and, and when he also talked about he pastored for twelve years. That God didn't call him to be a pastor, but that that was that was because he didn't go to Bible school. You know, that was his training to be able to to, to minister to the world. In fact, how there, how many stories? Did he get from his churches in you know, Farmersville and other places? It was those stories that that he was able to, you know, 
to to transform and for us to to know today. I mean, there, there are some ministers that that know the stories as well as as well, well as he and if you liken yeah. his, you look at Jesus's ministry, the way Jesus taught and ministered, and the way Brother Hagen did. Those are his parables. Yeah, you know those stories from those churches. I can't, I can't also help but but think that about the I, the possibility that those who lived and died and never entered into the first phase of their ministry or calling is the language I'm going to use. Yeah, that maybe they abandoned that and never stepped the first step in, didn't take that first step because they didn't have that event, that yeah. that spectacular moment. So they devalued it and didn't know what to do. Maybe they didn't have the the confidence. Maybe whatever, but just. So many people that I'm interacting with, it seems like in this season, are abandoning a genuine calling to whatever part of the world because they're devaluing it because they didn't have this spectacular moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a massive mistake. I'd love to see people make an adjustment in that. Or, or maybe because it's not too something um, churchy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lots of different things. I mean, I'm not wise enough to get all the angles on that, but I... I am observant enough to see that being a, a barrier for people making forward motion. And it's interesting because we know that that a lot of times the, the, the spirit leads us in a still small voice. Yeah. I mean, it's, not, it's not like an apple fell out of a tree and hit us on top of the head or anything like that, you know, or the sky is falling or Humpy Dumpty fell off a wall or something. You know, but, <laughs> you know, people are, are, are waiting for some kind of spectacular event or, or sometimes it's whenever – you know, something bad happens that all of a sudden, you know, God says, hey, that's not where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be there. But going back to my grandfather's book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, and that's what we, we need to be led by the Spirit of God. He, he leads us and guides us. In a lot of ways, he leads and guides us. And it's just a small voice on the inside. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I've often said, well, I don't know if this is myself or if this is God, but I, I just feel on the inside that I need to do this or I need to, you know, do that, you know, and, um, you know, and it's okay. Now, now I've had situations, you know, where where I had audible voices and, and things like that. Um, you know, whether it's your initial calling or, or or whatever. But then I've had times where I just I just feel like something. You know, it feels right. I have the I have the peace of God on the inside. Mm-hmm. And Brother Hagen talks about. He also said that I go as much by what he doesn't say as yeah. what he does say. And so what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I start taking a step in a certain direction. If, if I don't feel something on the inside saying, no, don't do this, then I, I feel that and he must be, you know, telling me it's okay to, to do that. Ultimately, that might not be my ultimate calling because, like I said, he felt it was okay to pastor for, you know, 12 years in different churches. But, you know, and then at that point in time, he says, um, you know, you're going to enter the first phase of your ministry, and that was the traveling ministry. That, that's what God called him to the traveling ministry, and then he goes through the different phases until the, the fourth phase, um, which would happen to be the final phase of his ministry. You know, I'm not saying that everyone's going to go through four phases. Maybe you, you, you have one phase, and that's what God called you to do. And, you know, and I think that's something else. We need to be happy doing what we're doing. Yes. Um, because if we're not happy what we're doing, then we're not, we're not going to move to the next level. Well, yeah. you've got to enjoy the journey. I mean, yeah. yeah, you can. I think the listener needs to understand you can love your calling. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's a great thing when you are in love with what you're called to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. In terms of being led by the Spirit, your calling is an internal thing. Yeah. But I found for me that that internal calling, I grow in that. It's internal, but external things trigger it. Yeah. If I can give you, if I can give you an example, it's a silly example, maybe, but. 
uh, I love this movie. There's a movie that I really love called The Help. Okay. And um, there's a scene in the movie, every time I cry at this specific part of the movie, every time. And I think if people will pay attention to what externally triggers or unlocks something on the inside of them, it isn't about the movie. It isn't about the scene. It's about what's happening on the outside that's calling me deeper inside. Mm -hmm. And to pay attention to that emotion, not that we're led by emotions, but it's doing something inside, telling me something about what I'm drawn to. And if we pay attention to that, I think we can take gradual, small steps. Yeah. If that yeah, makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's kind of a, a way to kind of articulate what I'm feeling mm -hmm. inside. Because you was kind, you was smart, you was impotent. Yeah. Yeah. And you was that was that that was meant for me, right? That was meant yeah, for you. Wait, you yeah. say important or impotent? Impotent. You never seen the movie. <laughs> well, I, I know, but <laughs> anyway, Raven Bible Training College, rbtc.org. If you're out there and maybe you're, you're you're wondering what does God have for me in my life, and maybe you're you're just want to learn more about the Word of God. Maybe you feel a call to the ministry. If if you'll check out rbtc.org. Um, we have many information about our training college, and uh, if you'll just send us, give us your email and your phone number, we'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call, tell you more about Raymond, try to set up a time for you to come to either Raymond College Weekend or just come and visit, or come to one of our events we, we talked about last time, camp meeting. Um, this is our 50th camp meeting coming up in July. Um, I'll pull up those dates once again. That's the last full week in, in July. It's going to be July the 24th through the 29th, 2022, right here on the Rama campus. Also, uh, Rama College weekend, uh, April the 8th through the through the 10th. Uh, will be something to avail yourself of to also. Amen. So, Josh, you have any some final words of, about calling or leading? You know, I, I had to transition there a little bit from... <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I, I just, I guess I just want to maybe leave the, the listener with this thought. Roles change, but callings don't. It's mm, good. And if you get too attached to a role, your identity becomes wrapped up in that role or that title, and it gets changed. You lose your identity if it was wrapped up in the wrong thing. So just assume that roles can change, but callings don't. And I think that bit of knowledge will serve you well and cause the pressure to leave and the stress to leave when transition occurs. Amen. Because the calling keeps calling. Keeps calling. Amen. And the Bible says the gift of calling is God without repentance. Without repentance. I mean, you know, you know, and that, that's something too. So, sometimes I've heard people say, well, I believe that God has called me to this, but you know, I've messed up so bad. Yeah, you, know, yeah. I, you know, I've done all these things. And so God can't use me. See, that's the devil telling you that God yes. can't use you um, because he can, no matter what you've done in life. And, and, and I use the Apostle Paul as an example, you know, you know, previously Saul of Tarsus. And it means Saul, you know, had orders to, to be able to kill Christians. I mean, you know, and um, he went from being a Christian killer to a Christian maker. And so imagine going back to one of those towns where, where you know, you've killed some you know, killed some martyrs for Christ, and so now you 
come back to proclaim Christ. I mean, yeah. So you, you you imagine how tough it was to like, mm-hmm. well, you know, I, I killed your last minister here, but you know, but you know, and so so you think that you've done something? How many people have you killed? I mean, you know, that's yeah. you know, how many people have you destroyed? You know, that were trying to. So it doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter, you know, how much you feel you you've messed up. There's still a true calling, you know, in whether it be in ministry, whether it be in business, or, or whatever it might be. And because, you know, I, I know that I, I think that it's real important. Um, I know some businessmen that they, they believe the only reason that that they earn money is to support the gospel, and and you know that's their primary goal. I mean, God's given them a talent and ability to to do something or make something, or you know, or have some, provide some kind of service. And um, they, they believe, well, God has blessed my business just so I can bless the ministry. You know, I think that's that's so awesome. And we need more Christian businesses like that. You know, sometimes, now I will say this on, on a side note, um, I never liked the Christian Yellow Pages. Um, hmm. I don't know whenever. And it's not that I don't like Christian people. It's that if you have to advertise you're a Christian to get business, you know, then that you know and, and there are some good christian businesses advertise i, I get that because there's christian yellow pages but a lot of times that i mean i, I didn't know they were christians but by, by, by doing business with them i mean it was interesting they had to you shouldn't have to tell me i, I mean I, I should be able to know just, just by the way you carry yourself um you know to, and just in my own personal opinion you know and the other side about it is once again we can't be salt and in, in light to the world if we don't go to the world yeah um, you know the bible you know the bible clearly says go into all the world and, and preach the gospel to every living creature. I mean, we have to... Now, preach doesn't necessarily mean speak the gospel. It means live the gospel. As a Christian, we should live the gospel in, in front of people. What do I mean? The biggest thing that Jesus taught us was love. Love our neighbor, you know, as ourselves. which that's a whole other topic as well. But one more thing you want to add before we... I, I, just, I just pray that for any listener that's been struggling with that word that I hope this has been an encouragement. I hope it's been a a strengthening moment for you. And I guess my prayer to borrow the words of Paul is I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened and you would know what is the hope of his calling. You can know that. And I, I just hope that I just hope that one or two people, maybe more, but at least one or two just leave this, this moment, this audio podcast with, with renewed strength and hope and uh, uh, just a strength and faith that I am called and I'm going to take one step at a time. I don't have to see the whole staircase. I'm going to just take one step at a time. Amen. Amen. And like I said, a couple of books, once again, that might could help you. My dad has a book called Called of God. That book is excellent. Yes. Yeah, so my grandfather, How to Be Led by the, by the Spirit of God, you can get those books. You, you can you can point, buy them from Amazon.com and get, and get the the. the the digital version, if you want to do that as well, or you can go to our website, um, rhema.org slash store. Actually, you say bookstore, it's actually slash store, and you can order those, you know, right there. But Amazon gets them quicker to you. I just want to let you know about that. <laughs> I'll say two things there. That book, uh, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, that's that's the first book I ever read other than the Bible as I began my journey. Mm. And one of the things Brother Hagan always said that rings it in my mind on this conversation today you know don't miss the supernatural looking yeah. for the spectacular yeah. yeah you know so often that kind of was something you were saying earlier so uh yeah so 
Once again, Josh, let us know your website and how they can maybe, I know you're on Instagram as well. I'm most active on Instagram. You yeah. just put in Josh Pennington. I'll, I'll pop up. Our church website is morelifechurch.com. You can go to any platform to Android or Apple and get our app, our church's app. There's all kinds of content on there. Um, so I'd love to connect with you. Send me a message on Instagram and, and uh, I love to interact. And he also likes shoes. Love shoes. Yes. It's yeah, I love shoes. <laughs> Normal shoes. Uh, socks day. optional, obviously, from no, my the, perspective. Well, if we're talking about it, they're just low cut. They're like the they're no, below no, the ankle. No, no shows. No, no shows. No shows. Are they bombas? No, they're. I think we get we get. Were we allowed to say brands? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Stan, I think they're stance. Yeah, I like bombas. From no it's show. It's whatever my kids or yeah. Angie gets me. Yeah. I, I, Throw your promo code out there since we brought that yeah, up. Yeah, speaking of uh, stuff, um, um, one of my good friends, we've got to have him on the program, Abe Cruz, um, he has a great story. Foreverfaith.com. If you go to foreverfaith.com, you can order Abe's book. talks about how God, when he was in prison, um, God spoke to him about this company, and, and his company has taken off. And he has plenty of, of great um, um, merchandise and, and gear and clothing. Um, foreverfaith.com. And if you put the promo code or it's whatever code Craig right there at your checkout, you get 20% off of everything you buy at foreverfaith.com. I got this cool little hoodie thing in, in, uh, that I wore the other day. And it's, it's really weird because it's, it's like three quarters sleeve. So it's not, you know, so, but it's a hoodie. Mm. So it keeps you warm, but it's not, you know, because it was one of those days where I was actually going to be out and didn't really want to wear a coat, but, you know, but, Really cool, and I don't know how many people are like, man, I love that hoodie. And in fact, um, so foreverfaith.com, check them out. Many different things. They have even some patriotic gear, and then Forever Faith is, is, his, is his logo and, and things. And he even has, he's, he's a workout guy, so he has all kinds of supplements and all kinds of different things like that. Abe Cruz has a great story, and we're going to have him on the podcast one of these days. Foreverfaith.com, promo code Craig, and 20% off anything you order. Amen. Well, Josh, once again, thank you for joining us. And, you know, I, I know great things are, are happening. Hopefully Ohio State has a better year next year. Yeah. Thanks for having me, though. Yeah. You got uh, a, got an all-face crusade. The Hagen's going to be up there they'll, when? They'll be the first, first, second, third of May. Yeah, okay. First, Come. second, third of May. It's really I love this because they're going to be at our place in Newark, Ohio, on International Rhema Day, which I think is really oh, wow. cool. That's awesome. That's really May, cool. May 1 is Rhema Day, right? Yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's that, right. That is so right. they'll be there that night on May 1st. It's right. going to be brilliant. That is right. Yeah, so. And I'll be in Glendive, Montana on Rhema Day. Oh. Yeah, a little ways away from Newark, Ohio. A little bit away. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks, guys, for joining us. And here at Raymond, we're bringing hope, hope help, and healing, healing to the world. world. God bless you guys. You want to have a wonderful day.